If you had to come up with a plan B to retool as a leader in today's economy, these are the exact steps you can take to thrive. Welcome to the Visionary Leaders Circle podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeannie Barrow. Hello, my friends, and welcome to this training. Today is a very special day because I want to invite you to join me this summer. It only happens once a year when I run the Fearless Leaders Challenge. This is a free five-day, one-hour each-day event that I run for the women in my audience, the women who follow me, those talented, high-potential female leaders who are looking to get themselves to a whole new level. So as I start this training for you today, which is going to talk about a very important topic that you've heard me speak about before, but I'm going to give you a different perspective that hopefully will help you take your game to a whole new level. I wanted to invite you before we start that training to join me July 10th through the 14th from 12 to 1 p.m. ET. And all you have to do is save your seat by going to fearlessleaderschallenge.com and register to save your virtual spot. And of course, bring another colleague, a friend, another talented female leader who is looking to grow and advance in her career just like you are. So with that, let me start our training today, which is going to focus on, a, like I said, a very important topic. Our whole career, our whole life is made so much more enjoyable when we have fruitful, mutually beneficial, enriching connections and relationships. So you've always heard me talk about building relationships as a way to, yes, have a much enjoyable life and to grow and advance in your career. And one of the things I've noticed is that depending on our culture, depending on our background and our heritage, we may have very deep connections. For example, if you have been in your country for a long time, your family was born and raised there, your grandparents were born and raised there, you have this deep network of people that your family, through your family, you are inheriting from just the fact that you have been around for so long. Some of us, as you know, I'm an immigrant, may not have that same experience in that many of us have immigrated from different places around the world to the US, which is where I live. And as a result of that, we don't have those deep roots. We may be the first generation or perhaps be immigrants ourselves, which means that our parents and grandparents may not have been born and raised in the country and specifically where we live in the regions where we live, which means that in a good way or in a negative way, it puts us at a different positioning. Sometimes it's an advantage, sometimes it's a disadvantage. But as it relates to building relationships and using and leveraging those relationships to expand and grow and advance, sometimes it can be a disadvantage when we came to this country later in life or when our families haven't been around to connect us with their network do you know somebody who? We may not have that luxury. And so in either case, whether you have those deep connections because you've been around for generations and generations, or you are new and you realize, Ginny, I don't really have the type of leverage that other people who were US born can say that they have and enjoy. 
either way, this is relevant to you because when I was an intern back as a junior in college, I was part of Inroads and Inroads taught me about networking. It was one of the workshops they had. And I'm so grateful that they taught me about networking because back to my point, networking has been one of those tools and strategies that I've used throughout my entire career to grow and advance. And that was an advantage that as an immigrant who came to the US in 1983, who went through high school to learn English, graduating from high school and then going into college and then starting my career in 1991, had I not received that workshop from Inroads about the value and the importance of networking, I'm not sure what would have happened to me. And it was having that mindset that building relationships with the people around me in my environments, getting to understand my place of work, the business that I was in, that would only be possible for me by building relationships and getting uber curious about my environment and the people around me. So the benefits of building your network are so many. But if I could name a couple that are extremely valuable for you, no matter what your background is, is that whether you're new to a company or whether you've been around for a while, you always want to add the most value. It's very difficult to do that if you're operating in a silo. So if you are an amazing individual contributor, when you pop your head up like a submarine and look around, you can learn more about the work that you do and how it contributes to the big picture of your organization, to the revenue stream, to the support stream, to the clients, to the stakeholders, to the investors, when you have a better picture of your business, when you have a better sense of how what you do fits into the big picture, because then it allows you to come up with ideas that will be complementary and it will help you roll in the same direction as the rest of the firm versus being in isolation, doing your job, ABC, day in and day out, and not really having a context for how you can become more valuable to the company. So that's the number one benefit of building relationships. By building relationships with the people around you, you're able to gain that context, to understand what are the pain points, what are the business objectives, what is the strategy, what is the vision, where are we going as an organization? And then you can be more strategic around ensuring that your energies, that your efforts, that your work is always aligned with those strategies, with that direction, with the vision. And if you are a leader, which is most of my clients are leaders, you can then align your teams to also have that same vision, mission, and to have that alignment so that you're all operating from that place. And when employees understand how their work fits into the big picture, they are more engaged. So it behooves you as a leader to be in the know and to be in the know cannot happen in isolation. It must happen by you making contacts and connections and re building relationships with everybody around you, people like your level, people 
that report into you, teams across the aisle, your manager, your manager level, you above your manager level, having those relationships is going to give you that wide perspective and viewpoint that you can leverage to add the most value, to help your team add the most value, and ultimately to advance and grow within your organization. So that's the number one benefit, to get deep into the context of what you do, how come you're doing it, why is that important to the organization, and to then, as a leader, to articulate that to your teams and pass it on. So as it relates to building relationships, and this is the topic of today's training, what gets in the way of building those relationships? And I'm gonna put aside personality. Some of us may be more shy, some of us are extroverts and it comes very easy for us to make connections. So I'm gonna kind of put that aside because that I could do a whole training just on how to approach that. I'm gonna focus a lot more on the strategy around building these relationships. And I teach, I've been teaching this since 2020 when I built my Fearless Leadership Mastermind. And this is part of what I teach the women and the female leaders, talented female leaders who are part of the mastermind. And it's how to go about building these relationships. I already started to mention, it's important to start to look at your network of relationships. And you may say, Jeannie, I don't really have that many relationships in my network. I, I just go to work, I do my job and I try to do a great job and then that's it, I'm done. And I'm going to say this to you. If you have been doing that, give yourself grace and let's expand the view. It's one of the terms we use in coaching. Let's expand the view around how can it benefit for you to take a pause and start to build relationships. And what you may find is that you may be looking at networking as something that you don't want to be a part of, something that's crunchy, something that you don't believe in, or something that's very uncomfortable for you. And so based on all the things that I already said, how has your mind shifted even a tiny little bit about the value of networking and how it could support you in your career? So I hope that what I've already shared has helped to begin shifting you in the right direction around the value and the benefit to you and your career and your team and your organization if you embrace building relationships, connecting with people, which is also the same as networking. So if you don't like the word networking, delete it from your vocabulary and say, I like to connect with people. I have a strategy around connecting with people and building relationships so that I don't become just this transactional person, but somebody who's actually into building relationships with people, which is so much more enjoyable. It makes my work so much more enjoyable. So the strategy is, and the mindset shift is, how could building these relationships support me in my role, in advancing and growing in my career? And what will I do? What would be the one thing that I do to start building these relationships? So the first thing I wanna bring uh, awareness to is, let's get more self-aware about where am I? with my centers of influence. I, that's what I call them since I've been teaching this in, since 2020. Where am I with my centers of influence? What does it look like? So your centers of influence are the people who you are interacting with on a regular basis. Those people could be obviously your manager, the person who hired you. It 
is the people that you deal with at your level, your peers. It is your team, if you have a team, and any other person across the organization that you interact with regularly. So it could be your manager's manager. It could be some of the partners of your manager. It could be other stakeholders in other departments that you interact with regularly. For example, I used to interact within the technology division. I used to interact with operations. I used to interact with legal on a bunch of uh, technology contracts. And so I had partners across the organization. I had people in human resources, of course, that I knew. And in obviously technology and the front office with the portfolio managers. I knew many of them. Some of them were actually mentors. And so I began to build relationships across the board, up, down, my level, and sideways. And the benefit to me to doing that is that I gain a really good insight about our business. I'm referring to my last company where I spent almost 17 years called Lord Abbott. I got to know what was happening in the front office, what was important there, who were the main teams and what did they do. I got to learn more about technology, the different groups within technology, what each one was responsible for, how we complemented each other. I got to learn about operations and what were the most crucial processes within operations because I happened to be supporting operations as part of my first stint when I joined Lord Abbott. I was the liaison between operations and technology. So I was the project manager for most of the operations projects for technology. And so I got a really good perspective on the back office, the kinds of things that were happening, what was important, what was the cycle, what were the systems that were crucial, et cetera. And by gaining this insight about the business and sales and marketing, and then working for sales and marketing and understanding what the cycle was there, I worked for supporting the institutional business and technology projects for my second stint uh, at Lord Abbott. I really gained a very clear picture of how Lord Abbott operates, how Lord Abbott makes money, what are the pain points of the company, what were the areas where the company was looking to expand and grow. And that allowed me in my role within technology, later on within the distribution team, to add the most value to the best of my ability, given my knowledge, given my expertise, given my insights. And that made me more valuable for the organization. And as time goes on, you continue to accumulate that information, that institutional knowledge, and you get more opportunities. So within the same company where I spent almost 17 years, I had five different roles from the minute I joined in 2000 until I left at the end of 2016, I had five different roles. And that happened because of number one, making sure that you perform well in the job and the role that you're doing. And number two, when you build relationships with people across the entire firm, when new opportunities come up and you have already expressed to your manager what you are interested in and how you want to continue to grow and advance and add more value, they keep you top of mind. And because you're a high performer and talented, you will get those opportunities to at least go for 
something that is new, a new initiative, a new project that they see that you would be a good fit to lead. And that's what creates that ability to grow and advance. Every single role that I held from when I started as a project manager all the way to being a director of the technology program management office happened because of the relationships that I built, because of my personal brand, the credibility that I built about being able to collaborate with people, to deliver, to build relationships that were constructive and productive, and to always look at the most value, no matter what the context was, to get curious, to ask questions. You are surrounded by smart people. Your company hired them for a reason. And I understand there's some people that you go, oh my goodness, how do they get hired? Because sometimes we make mistakes as managers. People could be great interviewees. And when you hire them, you're like, oh my goodness, what did I do? Because sometimes we make mistakes. People interview well, and then they crash and burn. They don't deliver. And that happens to all of us. So give yourself grace if you've made some poor hires. For the most part, however, we hire really good people. And we hire them because of the knowledge they bring, because of their background, because of their expertise. And so if the company hires these beautiful people, talented people, I have the advantage to also learn from them. The only way you're going to learn from the people in your centers of influence is if you make the effort and you are proactive in reaching out to them and being curious. I remember Brian. Brian Chu was one of the people at my old company, and he knew so much about technology. He had been around for a long time. I believe he's actually retiring from the company. And Brian was a wealth of knowledge. And I knew it because whenever I asked him a question, he would give me this really beautiful answer. And so what I would do is respecting his time, of course, and being respectful of his obligations, I would ask Brian questions when I was getting my feet under me when I joined the company. I would say, Brian, how does this process work for operations? Brian, how does that process work? And he would actually explain it to me. I would later go back and do a workflow based on what Brian explained to me so that I could not only cognitively understand it, but actually teach it, right? Like I, I knew it well enough that I could explain it to anybody else at the firm. And by doing that, I then took my workflow, I showed it to Brian, and he corrected me where I had missed something that was crucial or important to what we were discussing, to that process that he was showing me. And that's how I began to really understand what was happening under the hood of my company. So if you're looking to understand what is happening under the hood of your organization, begin to pinpoint strategically who are the people who know what is happening around here? Who are the people who are leading initiatives? And schedule 15-minute cyber coffees with them. Schedule time to ask them questions about what is their vision? How do they see this moving forward? What are the biggest pain points? How can you and your function support them in their initiatives and their objectives? And when you show up, to your company, to other colleagues in this way, and they see your intention is to add value, to learn, to grow, that's going to boost your personal brand, of course, and they're going to begin to think of you 
as it relates to other conversations that may come up behind closed doors about who should we consider to lead this initiative. If you are in your cubicle or in your office or in your home all the time and you're never making connections, even virtually, you can make these connections. If you're not taking the time and making the effort to make this connection virtually or live and you stay in your cube waiting to be tapped, waiting to be asked, my friends, unfortunately, it would take a really empowering leader to notice and tap us on the shoulder. You have a much better chance. Your odds are much better when you are proactive about strategically noticing who should be in your centers of influence, who knows what around the organization, and then proactively reaching out to them and setting up 15-minute cyber coffees so you can start to get to know them and develop a relationship. And like anything else, when you connect with them, simply get curious about what they do, what are the biggest pain points, and how you and your function can support them. And then let them know what you do and how you do it and what brings you passion around what you do. Always make it a two-way street. And 15 minutes fly by when you finish that conversation. It's critical that you follow up, that you thank them for their time, that you tell them that you appreciate learning about X, Y, and Z, and that if it's okay with them, would they be open to you reaching out to them in a couple of months to check in? And you will notice, my friends, that people most likely will say, absolutely. And then here's the key. You must go back to your calendar and put on your calendar, reach out to Ginny two months later so that you don't have to leave it to chance. And then when the calendar shows you, reach out to Ginny from the two months before visit, then you reach out to me and schedule another 15-minute cyber coffee. And that happens if you don't have frequent interactions with the person, that you have to be this intentional. If you have frequent interactions, you can do it in person and say to them, hi, Ginny, I know two months ago we met over 15-minute cyber coffee. I think we're due again. Would you be open to that when you see me on a meeting? And the answer will be absolutely, let's do it. And then you can even get more specific and say, I know you are running this thing right now, and I'm curious to find out more about it. And now I'm excited because I'm going to be sharing with you what's going on with me about this initiative, right? And how potentially you could help me if we are aligned in the same function. Or in general, I'm excited to know that I'm going to be sharing more of me with you. Because what we do when we do this is we are actually tapping into the human need for connection, the human need for significance, and the human need for contribution. All of these, those three needs are being met when you reach out to people and ask for their time and do it in a generous way, do it in a compelling way, with curiosity, with interest, with engagement. And you will see how over time, you will begin to build trust with the talent that is on your centers of influence. And most importantly, you will begin to build actual relationships that matter to you, that help you feel connected and a sense of belonging within your company and that support your growth within the company and sometimes outside the company because people leave all the time. And when they leave, 
guess what? They know you and they know your expertise. So I am going to stop there. Building trust is another topic that I want to talk about separately because it's going to take an entire training video to do that. I hope this serves you. And if you hear this message, this training before July 10th, these are the topics we talk about. How do we build our centers of influence? How do we continue to grow and advance while protecting our self-care so we don't burn out? We're going to talk about many interesting topics in July. We'll talk about self-awareness, the importance of being self-aware. Where are you on the map of you? What's mindset mastery? We'll talk about that. How do we influence and impact people in a positive way? How do we deal with conflict? Because conflict is a big component of building the centers of influence. Diagram. And how do we lead for growth? So we're going to tackle all of those topics. All you have to do is go to fearlessleaderschallenge.com and save your virtual seat. And you know, you can always connect with me at callwithginny.com. And if you want to know anything else that's happening in our world, you can always go to executivebound.com slash events, and you will find all the links to all the goodies and good stuff that's happening with us. Live with purpose, live with joy. I'll see you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Ginny Barrow. The story so far is that many talented female leaders in mid-careers in the corporate world struggle to find their footing. I was one of them. But now we know from the research by McKinsey and Company that organizations with more than 30% of women executives are more likely to outperform companies where this percentage is between 10 to 30%. Like many of the companies we partner with, you may be struggling to help your high potential female leaders retool and grow into senior leadership ranks and advance your diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging efforts. So in 2020, I created the Fearless Leadership Mastermind Program, a leadership training that will give you a competitive advantage with a scalable solution that is ready to go no more waiting. You may be thinking, Ginny, this isn't going to be easy. And you're right. Behavioral change takes time. And I know we will succeed because our program has already helped committed high potential female leaders of all backgrounds in STEM fields, financial services, and Fortune 500 companies in only six months. Let's partner to implement this unique and proven leadership training to fast track your talented female leaders to advance in your company with a sense of belonging. I wish I had this training during my corporate career of over 25 years. It would have made a world of difference. Today as a CEO, I'm grateful to support my partners and the female leaders in our program in reaching their full potential. And that feels very nice. Visit flmprogram.com to learn more and set up a cyber coffee with me to get started. If you enjoyed our content, subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. And if you want to stay in touch and hear from us, join our community to receive valuable strategies and expert advice at executivebound.com. 
Join our movement to heal leadership around the world. See you soon.